Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Monday Night Raw but also Friday Night Smackdown, uh, NXT Duper, oh, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete. With a big quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, they're joined by Sidgwick to review Monday Night Raw. A sort of weird show, this Sidge, because in terms of developments for Hell in a Cell, quite a lot actually happened. And I, I still left this show feeling like uh, they're just spinning their wheels and not much happened last night. I think the issue there, Wilborn, is that, yes, they built a Hell in a Cell, but this Hell in a Cell card is all but identical to WrestleMania Backlash, which is so named because <laughs> it was a sequel to WrestleMania, only without everything cool about it. Yes, some of the work was involved, was great, but whatever. I'm going to level with you, Wilborn. I'm in an absolutely foul mood. <laughs> a Foul mood for reasons not related to WWE Raw, mm-hmm. but WWE Raw itself puts me in kind of a foul mood at the best of times because it's so bland, it is so nothing happening, it's so repetitive. Why? Why am I watching this TV show? Like, why? <laughs> what is the incentive for me to watch? Where is the entertainment value? Where is the hook to watch next week if it's just the same old crap? People have been saying this. For, what, 20 years? Like, 20 years. And obviously, some things have changed. I've looked at the Wikipedia list of champions. I know that, objectively, things have changed because I can see evidence of things changing. So why does it feel like literally nothing changes on this goddamn television show? Yeah, it's... Uh, it is a feel. It does feel like this week in particular is a little moment of, like... Because I, I said to, to Hamlet as well... Gave WWE a lot of passes off the back of WrestleMania 38. I was like, that was so good, especially night one, obviously. It was so sensational that I'm going to forgive them being a bit WWE in the fallout from this. But yeah, there was moments during this show where I was like, almost Lashley again, is it? Really? That wasn't enough at the two premium live events and then a steel cage match last week. Beat them decisively the first time. They didn't even give themselves a different finish, like a way out of the finish. Yes, there was character development. So there's an excuse to prolong it this time, but it's still the most black. It wasn't a good it. match the first time. No. No. And it's never going to be a good match because the moss is in it. <laughs> um, uh, but let's let's dive into it. Because there were elements, I will hopefully cheer you up, because there were elements on this show that I, I did enjoy. Um, Not really. 
Chief of which was probably the opening segment, to be perfectly honest. Riddle, well, the show opens, I should mention, with a video package of what happened on SmackDown with the unification of the Tag Team Championships um, and the Usos emerging as those unified champs with a little help from the Tribal Chief. And it's uh, revealed that Riddle is going to team with the Street Profits tonight against the Usos and the other member of the Bloodline, sort of, Sami Zayn. Uh, So out comes Riddle. He gets a a huge pep, huge crowd reaction. Um... And he's visibly quite emotional. Uh, and he cuts a promo talking about Randy. Uh, says it's his best friend, his dude, his bro. Um, he says the last couple of years have been hard for Orton, particularly the last few months. He said uh, he revealed, I should say, that Orton had a bad back and be- could barely walk through the uni- before the unification match. But he knew how much the match meant to Riddle and much to how much it meant to the fans. And so he went through with it, which I think was a little bit of a sly dig. Well, let's talk about that because there's so little else to talk about on this show in terms of the content and how it made anyone feel because this crowd was mostly dead throughout. <laughs> What's funny about this line is that it's been suggested to me on Twitter and it's going around on Twitter and socials in general. Was this a subtle dig at Sasha Banks and Naomi? If you, you know, delve into the verbiage here, he didn't want to let down the fans. You can link that to Sasha Banks and Naomi, who have been framed in WWE propaganda as letting down the fans for that match that they only really announced the day of. It's not as if they walked out on this pay-per-view that people yes. had bought or whatever. Come on, let's, it's not as if WWE doesn't themselves change the main event like they'd done in the run-up to WrestleMania Backlash. They let down the fans by not doing the title unification match at WrestleMania Backlash, but that's by the by. Didn't they also once, what was it for? Was it Survivor Series where they were like, Stone Cold's going to be in the main event, and then they yeah. went, oh, we got run over, but we all knew he was never going to actually compete. That is, Wilborn, a good point, and it's the most infamous example of their absolutely rank hypocrisy that can absolutely piss off this company. I'm just done, just done. have been for several years at this point. The take is, was this a subtle dig at... Sasha Banks and Naomi, and it's like, well, maybe, but it's not as if they've been using subtext throughout the <laughs> smear campaign because they've outright said in a you know hatchet job, oh, they've let you all down and they're completely unprofessional dickheads. They literally so, did it as part of the entrances for Nikki A.S.H. and Alexa Bliss, where Corey Graves said, oh, let's not forget Sasha Banks and Naomi left last week and disappointed the whole universe. Yeah, so I think maybe this was an additional pylon to that which we've seen already, but yet again... They don't really deal in subtext at the best of times, let alone in a situation like this. I just think it was one more petty dig, but at the same time, it's not particularly sly when they've been anything but mm. throughout the last, what, two episodes of three episodes now yeah. of main roster programming. Um, the thing is, as well, I don't really want to detract from this fired up promo from Riddle because I quite liked it. I thought this was a glimpse of, and, it, you know, that is the plan, seemingly, according to reports going forward, that now Orton and Riddle will just target Roman Reigns. So they've just gone. Why don't we just have the tag team champs face the champ in the men's division instead of the women's? Because they they clearly aren't going to go for it. But I, I did like the glimpses that I saw because you know we all you said yourself if they fail bringing up Riddle to Matt Riddle to the main roster then they've got no bloody hope. Yeah, and they brought him up and they did a little bit of stuff with him and he had a good start on SmackDown and what have you. And then he kind of got a bit lost in the shuffle and he formed this weird tag team with Randy Orton when he was just an annoying arsehole. And then he endeared himself to Orton and arguably endeared himself to a lot of the, the fans as well through this. And I'm looking past RK Bro, and I think it has been a successful project because now I felt, yeah, yeah, kick kick Roman Reigns' ass eventually when, when you finally clash with him for what he did to, to you and to your partner who's not here tonight. And Orton's no doubt going to uh, fight on one of the stadium shows for the world title as well. 
Um, anyway, to finish it up Riddle's promo, he said that they lost the match and he wanted to give the Usos credit, but he hated that they lost the way that they did. The Usos did what they had to do to win. Um, uh, and, and the way they went about it, he called Roman Reigns a tribal piece of trash uh, and said he was going to get his vengeance on the bloodline before his career was over. Uh, he said he loved and appreciated Orton. Doesn't know what the future holds for RK, bro. Maybe they'll never, ever team again. But he knew Orton was at home watching, and so he led the crowd in a RK, bro chant. Uh, right. I'm not sympathetic to Riddle, and I, it doesn't wash with me when he tries to play earnest babyface on a personal level because I don't necessarily see the man as a babyface IRL, which separate the art from the artist stuff makes it difficult for me personally. Uh, personally. However, in my capacity as a reviewer who tries to be objective, believe it or not, the crowd were very much into this. Yeah. The crowd were very much connected with Riddle. Uh, Riddle, over the past six months in particular, has evolved into that rarest things. A pretty surefire future WWE or Universal Champion um, at some point in the next one or two years. The crowd are really into him. He's a very rare WWE success story. It's easier for me. I don't like to do this, but, you know, time has this weird and sort of awful effect in terms of you should forget you forget things that you shouldn't um, or whatever. It's easier for me to, and maybe I shouldn't be doing this, but it's easy for me to park certain things when you're watching him be this one-dimensional dickhead stoner who's got his stupid, pretending to be stupid. Then again, he is pretty stupid at <laughs> down pat. When he tries to really pull... Um, an emotional resonance out of me, I instantly bristle. But these fans aren't. Mm. So on an objective level, this really is working. And realistically, if they are going to push him as a solo world title contender, this is exponentially better and more productive and indeed more effective than him sort of flogging bro nuts and bro guts <laughs> yes. and having his stupid business ideas and everyone backstage thinking he's a dumbass tit. Exactly. Uh, so we run down the card. There is a countdown again to Cody uh, for his match against The Miz. Uh, and we get a little pre-match promo before this six-man from the Usos uh, saying that they accomplished what they said they would. They took out Orton. They took out RK, bro. They had kids and grown men crying because they the twos. And we, we the ones. Oh, my God. Love that. And yeah. uh, now nah, nah, you do. Riddle attacks the Usos during their entrance. Street Profits uh, also have made their entrance come down and get involved too. Um, and the officials have to separate everyone as we go to a break. When we come back, uh, the match starts. Uh, Sami Zayn is there wrestling in a Bloodline t-shirt. Um, before we go to another break, the Usos super kick Montez Ford out of the ring. Um, and uh, Ford tries to make this comeback. Uh, but the Usos take out his part- partners, so Ford decides, you know what, I'll knock Sami Zayn on- and Jimmy Uso off the apron and hit Jey Uso with an Inseguri. Uh, Riddle gets the hot tag and just runs wild. Hit Jimmy with a knee strike, forearm suplexes, sentons, double sentons uh, to a Jimmy and a Sami Zayn. Uh, Angelo Dawkins gets involved, he takes out the Usos, and then he sets them up on the outside for Ford to do one of his mad dives out to them. Riddle gets his hands on Zayn, who's still in the ring and still the legal man. Hits him with a, an Orton-esque d- draping DDT. And the Usos try to get involved and change their minds and decide they're just going to walk out and leave their boy behind, leave the match. So Riddle takes a moment, hits Zayn with the RKO. One, two, three. And Riddle and the Street Profits do Orton's pose after the match. Good stuff, this. I guess. 
I'm sorry. I'm go- I'm just going to be in a pissy mood. I'm sorry. This match was aggressively fine in that it's pretty high-level work in a match that just seeks to undo that which happened the previous week. Yes, you can't get relentless heat on baby faces all the time. Maybe I've complained about that in the past, and I'm a hypocrite, but it does really feel like, right, okay, that match that happened on Friday, you know, the baby face, he's fine. He's fine, guys. He's absolutely fine. He's got a win back. Maybe that's just absolute ingrained cynicism at this point. Why are the Street Profits all of a sudden extremely willing to just tag with Riddle and be his mate and not even sort of mention or hint towards the fact that they've been trying to beat them up and trying to turn heel, and now they're suddenly best mates again. Uh, this sort of bollocks just does not wash with me. You know why? Because I'm not four years old. Yeah, they have really uh, screwed over Ford and Dawkins because, like you say, in and amongst the, well, it was the WrestleMania time period, it felt like that they may be added into some sort of match or whatever it may be. Like they've been uh, healing on Riddle and Orton yeah. for several weeks before this. Have I... Made this up? No, I mean, like, in recent weeks, they seem to have gone babyface again. But certainly around WrestleMania, it did feel like the turn was either happening for her very eyes, or at the very least, coming. And then they just went, ah, oh, no, we haven't got any babyface tag teams on Raw, basically. Yeah, but there were some weeks after WrestleMania where the Street Profits were... Oh, yeah. When they were sort of having arguments with RK Bro over who should unify the titles with the yeah, Usos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and now they're just made to the they just just... The, They lost the tag title match with, the, oh, with RK Bro and went, well, uh, I guess that's that. Except defeat. I mean, fair play to him. At least someone does. Yeah, someone's got to. Uh, right, then it was time for Bobby Lashley's Almighty Challenge. What was this? Yeah, I'll be honest. I came into this, you and I, suggesting that there may be some sort of mad Bobby Lashley obstacle course like we saw him do against Sami Zayn many, many moons ago. Um, but in reality, it was just Bobby Lashley cutting a promo and asking for a match. Basically, is what happened. He came out. He was he was, he was in a very chipper mood um, after beating Omos in a cage. Smiling a lot, wasn't he? Yeah, in a cage match. Uh, they already announced that Lashley and Omos were going to fight again at Hell in a Cell. Why? Um, <laughs> um, but he said, I know it's not over. Please let it be. Um, and he said, I'm not surprised that we're fighting again at Hell in a Cell. And I thought, you and me both. Uh, and he invites almost an MVP to come out, and they do. And MVP moans about last, re- last week's result and says, oh, bloody faulty equipment and all that. And uh, Lashley said, you know what? I've got a challenge for you. This is my almighty challenge. I want to face you tonight. And the winner picks the stipulation for Hell in a Cell. And MVP's like, ah, you want to face almost again? He's like, no, I want to face you, MVP. Um, and MVP says, I'm the one who made you. And Lashley says, no, I'm the one who made you. And I'm going to put you down with a hurt lock. And MVP thinks, aha, well, maybe I can get an edge by, we got the numbers advantage, sneak attacking Lashley before the match. What actually happened is almost an MVP walks down to the ring, got on opposite sides of the ring, and MVP just got chased off by Lashley and uh, knocked off the apron. And that was that. Cool. Like, it's just con- it's just content. It's just absolute content, isn't it? It's just content. It's just things to do. Yeah, basically things to do again. <laughs> I thought this is rather disappointed in this. To be perfectly honest, I was just like, oh, cool. So it's just a match. Like bigging up the almighty challenge, and then it's just like, do you want to have a match? It wasn't even his challenge. Didn't he say also? I had a feeling we'd have to do this again or something. Yes, like that. I knew. So- I, I knew this wasn't over. So wasn't it decided for him that this is already going on in Hell in yeah, a Cell? Yeah. By, by who? Adam Pierce. It was already announced before he came out, I think, that it was a match. Cool, so why is, he, why is there a challenge? He's, 
much less an ultimate challenge. <laughs> it's not a challenge. You're not challenging someone to a match because the match is already happening. You don't have to challenge. I think the challenge was, can I have a match to set up the match at Hell in a Cell? What? <laughs> I know. I'm as confused as you are, mate. Um, uh, good news. They announced another show in Saudi Arabia. Oh, for God's sake. For the 5th of November, I think it is. And uh, then backstage, Postman Pierce. Here is how thin are they thin on the ground. No offense to Dana Brooke. I like Dana Brooke. But here is how thin on the ground they are for women's wrestlers right now with no Sasha Banks and Naomi on Raw. Dana Brooke went to Postman Pierce wearing the 24-7 championship and said, I want a world title shot. And I thought, what? Everyone talks. Everyone is insistent that as bad as the booking is, it's still, the women's division still has parity with the men's, right? Because of the allotment of time. Doesn't matter that the booking's terrible because it's terrible for everyone, but isn't it good? It isn't so much better than AEW. Yes, it is. Because AEW deserves pellets for this. Yeah, it's a low bar, yeah. It's a low bar. Would Akira Tozawa mm. ever in this context, be allowed to go up to Adam Pearce and challenge Roman Reigns. Would this ever happen? you just get laughed out of the room. Exactly. Yeah. They would never even put pen to paper on this idea. This idea wouldn't even come to their heads because they're men. Yeah. But, like, I look around and, I, I mean, they probably had just on the script, just woman asks for a title shot, and then Becky Lynch is like, actually, I want a title shot, or I, you know, got screwed over last week. And then they look around and they're like, right, well, Alexa's with Nikki. That can't happen. Do do apps involved in that as well. Liv and Rhea over there. Uh, Tamina. Uh, um, yeah. And then, like, they looked across. And then, it's like I, saw, I said, it's like on SmackDown where we were like, who's next for Ronda Rousey? And we were like, it's Zia Lee or no one. Yeah. It's just preposterous. Anyway, in comes, speaking of preposterous, um, in comes Becky Lynch wearing a preposterous flouncy top thing. Is it the pirate chair from Seinfeld? Possibly. Quite possibly. Um, and uh, You know, now that you mentioned this, I've got something to say on this. Go on. Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins, right? It is my understanding that they have like a, a personal professional stylist, okay? They have their own stylist. Yes. Hence why they wear... Ex- and, you know, it's meant to accentuate their acts. I don't know what these acts actually are. <laughs> Seth Rollins, I believe, to someone, described this character as, imagine if the Joker was a narcissist. The, the Joker, baby! <laughs> was a narcissist undergoing a midlife crisis. And big-time Bex is meant to be... The success has gone to her head. She's now sort of become a grotesque caricature of a megastar. And she makes herself through her attire and her dress, look like that dickhead who you think everything's got in your head and you look like a tit, Conor McGregor sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so I get it to a degree, right? How much money are they spending where, like, Seth Rollins has got a new bespoke custom suit that he wears for beatdowns every single <laughs> week. I don't think he's ever wore the same one twice. No. You know, it's, in a way... It's kind of admirable character work because they are proving that they've got more money than sense. They both completely lost their minds. How this is good professional wrestling storytelling, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. How much money do they spend looking like this? <laughs> Surely there's a cheaper way of looking like a tit. Yeah. There's, but... not, there's not that much money in wrestling. And I know in like you know the stem cell treatment era 
and uh, all this competition. So suddenly, Edge, your neck is fine mm. era. That, you know, careers last way longer than they ever have. Look at the general average age of the main roster main eventers compared to what it was in like 1980, in the 1980s, for example. At the same time, it's surely a waste of money. Anyway, back to Becky Lynch's <laughs> uh, boring triple threat bollocks. Yes, uh, Pierce just went, yeah, fair enough. Uh, I'll have a rematch tonight then. You versus Asuka main event, and if you win, uh, or if you lose, you're out of, you know, you're not, you know, it's Asuka versus Bianca Belair, one-on-one at Hell in Cell. But if you win, it's a triple threat. Why would, she, why would you need to explain the rules? How many storylines have we seen over the years where the rules of making a triple threat match are just obvious? Uh, you, should, uh, yeah, you, you know the drill, except you know what? The idiot Goldfish fans don't, so I'm going to have to communicate this to you in a way that no one would ever talk to another normal human being um, that this is the way it's going to yeah. be. I just, it's so rubbish. If I was an idiot, you could make an argument that... Uh, if. Mm, Becky Lynch's past this is, a hypothetical scenario. is coming back to haunt her because if you remember, she had that match with Charlotte Flair before WrestleMania 35, and if she won... It got me into a triple threat rather than her just replacing Charlotte Flair in a match that Charlotte Flair didn't deserve to be in. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's yeah, there's that's... no relevance to this because uh, Asuka beat her, and uh, there you go. Yeah. Anyway, main event was uh, was set for the night. <laughs> when you said main event, there. Oh no! Don't, don't I know, get I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I just got uh, excited for the first time on this wretched day. Imagine that! Imagine that! You think you've reached the top of the mountain, and I'm sad to tell you there is a massive valley coming up now because what you actually stood of is not the top of the mountain but the top of the mountain of omnipotence because uh, the judgment day came out to talk skip well, do you want to skip this or skip the match I'll skip the match greatly okay well I'll, 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 don't worry you know, I'm not going to make you sit through the entire bollocks because I've I've already done it these have rapidly gone the way of the house of black and most importantly of all whenever Bray Wyatt used to talk where I'd go Vaguely, the point they're trying to make is, and they said words like sheeple. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, he told people to join them. Uh, again, uh, he said, Join uh, me. I wasn't chosen to be a tough guy like Cena. And I thought, it's 2022, mate. What are you talking about? Uh, he's, I'm a miracle of my own hard work. Uh, calls them sheeple. Uh, your bosses, you do what they get, get paid 10 times more, and you got Cheetos on your fingers. You know, just the most lazy writing possible. Um, uh, anyone who joins them will, will headbutt and smash through that glass ceiling like I did many years ago. And they said, who's the next member going to be? It's on the floor now, but go on. <laughs> who's the next member going to be? Tommaso Ciampa? And I went, who? Who's that? That's not a person I've heard of. You know, there's theory, no Austin theory, and there's Ciampa. No, Tommaso Ciampa. Who's that? Who's that? Uh, Corey Graves. And I audibly went, no, like that. <laughs> Uh, Alexa Bliss, and I thought, well, anything's an improvement. Yeah. Uh, Drew McIntyre. Uh, hey, you, didn't, you didn't see that one coming, did you? It's like, no, because they're presumably trying to push him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Liv Morgan, Finn Balor, or AJ Styles. And he told Styles that if he joined them, his kids could refer to him as Uncle Edge. And he thought that was like a real zinger, I thought. Like, the only way he paused, you know, yeah. they go like, <laughs> like it's going to be like, oh, boo! And people were just like, what? And then we got the match. You thought I was your uncle? <laughs> I never was. <laughs> is that like when uh, when you're younger and your mum's like, oh, this is uh, this is Auntie Sharon, and it's just a woman who she's met down at shops? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You thought I was your auntie. <laughs> I'm just a friend from work. <laughs> anyway, then we got Ray Ripley and Damien Priest versus Liv Morgan and AJ Styles. 
Skip! Yes! Skip, please! Can I, I just want to do... Skip means skip. I know, but I've got to do a quick cliff notes here because Rhea Ripley, okay, you know, a giant in, in NXT, unstoppable force, to finish this match, required it to be helped by Edge about three times. He uh, he put a leg on the ropes after she got hit with a code breaker. He helped uh, interfere in the match and distract the referee. And then he held on to her um, trousers, whatever they are, to stop her getting hit by the oblivion. And then uh, then she cradled Liv Morgan for the win. I, I love this because you're... This company is so good at actively burying people, but they might even be better at like casually, sort of unwittingly burying people. We saw it not too long ago where like, um, who got pinned like five times? It was a champer when Miz was the referee. And it's like, champer's yes, five yes, times yes. a loser because they did the visual pin gimmick to sell the uh, Miz has something against Mustafa Ali gimmick. So it was all that. And then this time, the implication was that Rhea Ripley is so useless that she needs four times the help. But she's <laughs> much larger than Liv Morgan, much more decorated, much more pushed than Liv Morgan. But it's just to tell... And checks notes beat her when they split, when they had the big blow-off, no? Quite frankly, I think the audience is tired of having their intelligence insulted. I think this idea of good guys versus bad guys <laughs> is antiquated. And we're going to proceed to push the creative envelope, borrowing from such niches as South Park and... King of the Hill. <laughs> Let's go by versus bad guys to the worst possible level at this point. Oh, she's bad. We know this because she needs to cheat four times, even though she wouldn't have to in any other context because she's much bigger and more successful. And I hate everything. I hate everything. <sighs> Only idiots can like this. Skip means skip. Skip means skip. Enough for that. It's now time for this. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. 
wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. It's short, it's crap, it's wrestling related. The five star review review. Nailed it! And this week's five star review review is brought to you by John the Gin from Norway. Should I do an accent? No, and I'll be good. Go to on. John. I don't know what a Norway accent sound like. I just it'd just be Swedish chef, which I think would be rather offensive. And you know me, I don't want to cause any offence when I do an accent. So John the Gin, <laughs> John the Gin uh, writes excellent podcast. I assume my hearing still hasn't come back after Wilborn's last reference to his favourite tag team. Oh, one more time, go on. Who is it? The Iconics. The wrestling world is a darker place without them in it. Uh, oh, headset users, turn the volume down before he clarifies. Sorry about that, John. Yeah. Uh, his boundless energy paired with the Dadley's logical minds, wealth of knowledge, and perfect level of cynicism generally makes for a fine listen, even if it's sometimes physically painful. I think that's more on me than you, to be honest. Possibly. I've got a very monotonous voice. I'm surprised I've come as far as I have in the podcast it's, arena. You've done a, f- a fantastic job, mate. Uh, how about reviewing... Kyan ties issues with Val Venus as yet another counter to the blind nostalgia for a certain era. Now. Thank you. I'm glad we're going on this thing because there's some darkness within all this, you know. Yes. Well, uh, we've done Choppy Choppy Your Pee Pee before. So I was going to, he said, alternatively, keep this one for a time you need ammo for my five-star review review. Please review whatever segment the Dadleys decided to skip. Sorry, not sorry. And I was going to do that to you, but not today. And... On looking, I thought, I'll just, I'll just Google. I'll just Google uh, uh, Val Venus and see what comes up. Uh, do you know oh, what, dear. Do you know what I thought we've never actually spoken about? How much of a cock he is? Well, no. His introductory vignettes. He's getting noshed by uh, Jenna Jameson. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I thought I'd present that to you. And guess what? Guess what the comment section was? A fucking gold mine, of uh, course. Ah, great. Can I just say that if in the past we've not treated how... Low-key dark, the kind tie choppy choppy pee-pee segment is. Um, let's do that very incidentally since it's been mentioned. Yeah. Um, the woman who played Ms. Yamaguchi's son mm-hmm. was underage. Really? Yes. She's oh, 17 wow. years old. 17 years old. In addition, John Wayne Bobbitt was uh, framed in WWE canon as this guy, some crazy chick chopped off his cock, yeah. and the cock came back on, and now... Hey. Now he's in the pornos. Now he's in the pornos. Um, he was actually a monster. Yeah, not yeah. a good guy. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Val Venus, picture, picture the scene. Val Venus emerges from behind a bush with some trees flanking the... Uh... Just a, a backstory in the back, Val Venus gimmick, just in case anyone's not too familiar with it. It just blew my mind because 1997, they were sort of doing like sort of race bait angles and like shoot season and... Oh, this is real, actually, because Brent and Sean seem to really hate each other. Then there's more blood in the mix. Hell in a Cell got debuted. Like, the blood-red aesthetic, as I always like to call it, just shifted away visually from this sort of, like, family-friendly vibe. And even then, 1998 was so wild. It like, so unbelievably wild. So I'm just watching Ron. I'm thinking, oh, it's really good that, you know, characters are a bit more realistic and, you know... Mr. McMahon's a bit like my teacher, and Austin's a hero, and he did feel this. Yeah, he did yeah, feel yeah. this. Like, the craze set pieces, ah, oh, this is really cool. And, you know, I'm 13 years old, and sometimes there's some titties, and it's, you know, yeah. everyone went to do the same thing, even though you're not, 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 not allowed to say it anymore. And then, uh, porn star. Yeah. It's like, this is, should I be watching this? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I can't remember how old, how old I would have been when I first started watching 
WWF. Younger than me. Yeah, probably like 11, 12, <laughs> 11 or 12. And I wonder why it caught my... Like, it's mad when I talk to people. It's lovely to chat to people. But whenever I talk to people, right, and they go like, uh, oh, yeah, no, I really got into it watching that feud between John Cena and Randy Orton. And I'm like... I already got into it because of all the stuff that Sid just mentioned with the cat and the tits and the blood and just people getting twatted over the head with a chair. And like, it was a great comment in the comment section. I'm not jumping ahead here because I, I, I didn't write it down. But someone said about Kevin Nash complaining about when he jumped to WCW because they were there like, hey, we're here, we're WCW. And there's big spike, obviously. And then they've got standards and practices. And over on WWF, they're like, what if the guy just gets his cack out? <laughs> and, like, and they're like, yeah. his, his cack sucks. And they, he said, like, on the other channel, they've got not only that, but just like, here's Jenna Jameson. It's like, yeah, I can't really compete with that, to be honest, guys. Like, they're both doing the wrestling, but that one's got Jenna Jameson. So, anyway. Hello, ladies. That's what Bill Valvinus says. He rises up out of the bush. I wonder what he's doing down there. Maybe a spot of light gardening, perhaps. <laughs> Yeah. What was the fact that he's rising up mm. meant to convey? Also, it's cat. Because it's got blood in it. Once again, just to reiterate a point that you made five minutes ago, that the audience are fucking idiots. Oh, right? yeah. You can't just have a topless guy emerging from behind a bush and then eventually reveal, ah, Jenna Jameson's down there. The entire time he's cutting this promo, there's this. Oh, 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 oh. Just the whole, like a little bed underneath him. She's got a clit in her throat or something. <laughs> I like. don't know. I've no idea what's going on. Anyway. Hello, ladies. <laughs> so really sinister laugh. Oh, my God. Welcome. I mean, we've, got, we've got a little game for you. Love a game. Now. I'm trying to put games in yeah, literally yeah, every yeah, podcast. Yeah. All the games. Welcome to the set of my latest video. Uh, video. What year is it? Entitled. What, do you want to guess? Well, I remember this vividly because it's got he's wearing like a helmet what? and it's war. Welcome to my latest video. Saving Ryan's privates. That's good. It's not this is one. Is it not? This is the other one, right? You're right. He does do that yeah, in another yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know they, they were in they were a little bit too dry, so they needed to get sucked. <laughs> this one is Valvinus What? Oh, by the way, he removes his purple helmet as he says <laughs> this. Of course he does. Val Venus. He sucks this. He's rubbish. So um, it's along the same lines with a war? Yeah, it's war related, but it's rubbish. I, w- I would not be surprised if you don't get this. Give us a minute. Yeah. So there's a... Uh... I'm just trying to think of famous Gee. war films. So there's, a minute. This is fun. This is fun. It's, yeah, it's, uh... So there's the deer hunter... So there's a there's a there's a pun you could do there. Um Apocalypse now, you can't really do many uh puns there. They just gotta be lazy at this point. Plapoon. <laughs> That's really good. Far better than this. Velvenus Soldier of Love. Rubbish! I want like full metal pussy or something like that. <laughs> full metal jacket. Full metal jacket, you cat. Let's full see metal, more. Let's see more of these. Metal, full metal, take up your pants and jacket. <laughs> there's a. Uh, I like Plapoon. Plapoon. The guy in the, on the. The cover. beaver hunter. <laughs> instead of the deer hunter. Well, it's like war films. Apocalypse now. What are war Is films? Gone with the Wind war? Uh, I don't know. I've never, I've never actually seen Gone with the Wind. 
Nah. Down with my cat. <laughs> Down with your mange. Um, Caca Blanca. No, that's not even a wolf film. <laughs> I don't even know it's a wolf film. Shag it again, Sam. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. What is another wolf film? Uh, I'm going to Google. I'm going to find some good ones for us. War films. Uh. Operation Mince Meat. <laughs> <laughs> Operation Minge Meat. Uh, oh. What else we got? Hacksaw Minge. I'm <laughs> putting <laughs> classic war films. Classic in caps. Classic. All caps. Oh, there we go. The thin pink line, huh? Just <laughs> talking about your slit. Uh, 1917 inches. It's a, guy, <laughs> it's a guy with a freakish cat. <laughs> the hood cocker. <laughs> yeah, you get the idea. You get the idea, basically. Um, Jaw, head, get it? <laughs> Porked on the 4th of July. Oh, dear. Oh. That's probably... I think we'll, we'll do for now. We'll do for now. We'll do another one next week. Next week, we'll do it. Next week. Yeah, we'll, we'll do a series on the <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Valvini's video. Yeah, Soldier of Love, rubbish, isn't it? Yeah, it's absolutely terrible. That's Vince Russo for you. Okay. Uh, anyway, let me introduce you to my co-star. I'm sure you will all know... The luscious Jenna Jameson. Why is everyone into him already? How you doing, Jenna? And she, she's been down there. Down, down there. where? Down there. And she rises up, and it is classy, Jenna. Um, and he looks, How do you know? I just, uh, the comment section. Um, and uh, he says, mm. And ladies, when Val Venus finally crosses enemy lines and enters the World Wrestling Federation. Uh, he does a groan there. Uh, one look at my silencer. And he looks at his cat. <laughs> and you'll all be left speechless. Jenna's actually got a line here. Do you remember it? Um, She's insinuating, if you want to have a guess, she wants to get back to what they were doing prior to him cutting this promo. It's so like, can you go again? Something like that. She says, She's not Tiffany Stratton. <laughs> She's going to be Tiffany Stratton. Come on, Val. <laughs> I want to go back down in the hole. <laughs> and then on the screen it just says, Val Venus is coming. <laughs> so she wants to go, eh, maybe she's, um, it's disgusting. Well, is her box... Or is it his asshole? <laughs> I've certainly no idea. Or her asshole. <laughs> or her mouth. So many holes. <laughs> Don't forget the cervical hole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so uh, we go to the comment section. Oh, these, Jesus these, Christ. <laughs> do not refer to use myself, the daddy words. You're only on the What Culture Wrestling. Scotty Ward, two months ago. Just checking up. This video's been online for nine years. We, just to make sure. Yes, this aired on TV, and yes, this was the best era of wrestling. Well, of course it was. Of course it was. Wayne Early writes, uh, Val could hold a dozen donut. Val could hold a dozen donuts with no hands. Uh, he's talking about um, a 12-inch erect cat. Uh, but people are arguing about that in the comments. Apparently that was 
might not have been the case. Well, 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 well. On the shoot interview circuit, one, I think, bad I forget this wrong, but I'm pretty certain it was Missy Hyatt. It was like, yes. no, just a gimmick, just a gimmick. She was disappointed. Uh, <laughs> do you ever have something where you're like, sorry, like, here's a perfect one for me. There was like me, and I think Miller, and maybe even Phil had this, we talked about realising years too late about Paul Bearer, Paul Bearer, yes. an undertaker. Oh, you talked about this in the office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I crossed that finish line so late. So late. It was outrageous. While Gab writes, I don't remember this. I never actually got that Val was a porn star. What? What, what do you think he was doing there? I, oh, my God. I honestly thought you were going to say, oh, Venus rhymes with penis. <laughs> but it's also a bit like the planet. But that's how they get away with it. Even though he's a porn, he's getting sucked off by Shannon Jameson, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. goddammit. Or, he hasn't seen these vignettes, even if he hasn't. What? No, he just wants to come straight out of the shower. I don't know. Must have been last minute booking, man. Why's he got a goddamn cock in his trunks? <laughs> yeah. He's got a cock in his trunks. He cuts the promo every time saying, I'm going to shag every single <laughs> yeah. one of you. Unbelievable. Uh, Joe from... I'm on the set of my latest porno <laughs> flick. <laughs> he says adult films yeah. and stuff. Like, they never actually say porn, but again... <laughs> there's not. It's not subtle. It's not like, huh. Ten hidden meanings behind uh, WWE gimmicks. Uh, Val Venus was actually a porn star. <laughs> I mean, I realise this. Jesus Christ. Uh, Joe, I, I have cheered up, you know. Yeah, yeah, I thought this would do it. Joe from Tom's River uh, writes, this is all about the reply, really, not the, the comment. According to Bruce Pritchard, McMahon had no idea who Jenna Jameson was and didn't find her very attractive. Jenna Jameson in, like, 1998. T417 sums up my mood with this exactly. But he thought Sable was hot. Da f***. Oh, Jesus Christ. Another one of our favorite things here. You know when people are like, uh, I've got the inside story here. And you're like, no, you haven't. Or you've just written something that you hope happened. And then said, uh, this is what actually happened. Dorito Dude. What an appropriate name. Word is that this is fake, but they actually did do it later on. <laughs> well, I'm here, so you might as well. I mean, there's a dark uh, undercurrent to that kind of take, yes. isn't it? Like, oh, of course you would. She's a porn star. Yeah. No. Terrible attitudes. Bob, we've gone into the... We've crossed over now, by the way. We've crossed over now? Yeah. We've all got one, two, three, four more comments. Oh, my God. Uh, which I definitely do not reflect the views of myself, the Dudley Wars. One of these is getting edited out, guaranteed. Bob just writes, this isn't the one that's getting edited out, but he's just a bit like, oh, why you, you, like, you, you do know you're just clicking on the tab and there's, there's, there's a whole world out there, Bob. Oh, she's at her prettiest when she's bearing her midriff, wearing jeans and smiling. <laughs> <laughs> on this thing, she's got bullets covering her tits. And he's like, yeah, I prefer her in jeans and a top, thanks very much. Oh, this is going to get worse before it gets better, I feel. Fitness Brother Aid, one month ago, right? <laughs> Why don't I have a girlfriend like Jenna Jameson? <laughs> Probably because you're on the internet <laughs> watching old Attitude Era friggin' videos. I don't, think, I don't think the chads that you're jealous of are like, good point, yeah, mate. I'll tell you what, here's the secret. I'll tell you right now. Siphon Toasty. Not the real name, I assume, and I can probably guess why after this comment. First of all, look how long the comment is. Oh, Jesus Christ. <sighs> she was my... F- <laughs> She was my first love when I was... <laughs> <laughs> first love, come on. 
She was my first love when I was 13 and at boarding school. Yeah, hats up, yeah. After I saw her for the first time, for some reason I started getting through two boxes of tissues a week and my right arm had this muscle that started bulging out of my arm by my elbow. Is it on about wanking as I think so. She will always be number one for me and she is still beautiful to this day. Ryan Sutton's burner. (laughs) I asked my girlfriend to go up to her at Whole Foods and tell her this. And finally, Jeremy Fox. This could be the comment that we could have, to be honest. Uh, right, once again, don't have to use myself. Dad, boys, and what culture wrestling. Once again, massive thank you to John the Gin from Norway uh, for our lovely review. Lovely. <laughs> well, the review was lovely. Yes. The, the review review, not so much. <laughs> Jeremy Fox writes, I'd scrub you for more than an hour and a half. <laughs> oh, my God. What? talking about I'd scrub you for more than an hour and a half there's no context no. okay <laughs> I think that's like the 50th minute you'd be a little bit like oh, okay I've washed my porn store now uh, can I <laughs> no no 40 more minutes of this <laughs> <laughs> we had an agreement come on so um, after the match AJ Styles went after Edge sorry we've returned yeah. to Monday Night Raw yeah. now uh, and they uh, they batted him and Ripley powerbomb Morgan. I have a question. Where the hell was Finn Balor during all this? I thought they were a team. Or is this the theme of Bullet Club? When someone's getting beaten up, you do not go and help them. That's the rule one of Bullet Club. It happened with Liv Morgan. This time it's AJ and Liv. Finn's like, rules are rules. Well, I'm pretty much sure I've seen the 2019 G1 Climax. I know that is bollocks. I call bollocks. Yes. Uh, Miz is backstage getting chatted to. Oh, oh, hang on. Sorry, my notes have gone a bit wrong. Oh, there it is. Kevin Patrick! He's sick of Cody Rhodes, just like Seth Rollins is. He says, you can't trust a man with a neck tattoo. He might, might have a point there, to be honest. Yeah. You know, occasionally, like, you're like, heels have to make valid points so that they believe are true. You cannot trust a man with a neck tattoo. No lies detected. Yeah. Uh, Miz said Cody Rhodes couldn't beat him six years ago, and now his ego's so out of control, he's got more fireworks than the 4th of July. Uh, he called himself, Miz did, Miz did, the Kim Kardashian of WWE. He plugged that there's a new series of Miz and Mrs. is coming, and uh, he said, people always want to know what I'm doing, and told Patrick to go away. So he just had a rant, basically. Yeah. Then it was time for regular weekly segment. You remember this. Uh, the King's Court with Jerry Lawler. What? Where's this come from? It's, you know, it was a thing in the I past. I know it was a yeah. thing, but why this week, all of a sudden? You know what, guys, you know what I think it's time for? It's time to get Veer Mahan talking on the King's Call. Oh, no. Ridiculous. So Lawler um, asks Mahan for the secret to his success. Mahan just stares grumpily at him. And he says, all right, why did you, tell me, tell me why you targeted the Mysterios. And again, Mahan's just getting more riled up and just staring a hole through Jerry Lawler. And then Lawler says, oh, are you getting a bit angry? Is this because of what the Dominics did to you last week? And I went, <laughs> I didn't see this. I went, who's the Dominics? Who are we talking about? The new team? New t- Apparently not. Anyway, uh, Lawler, he's got, he's got jokes. He's got, he got some jokes. He says, uh, Ray Mysterio reportedly said to Jerry Lawler, Veer Mahan is so hairy that when he walks his dog, people pet him. Don't pop your lips going, you're going to pop. I'm popping it, trying to pop you. Yeah, I'm not popping. Okay, no pops around here. Uh, and Dominic told oh, him... Sorry, Lawler, so there's obviously pops. On. <laughs> Jerry Lawler, sorry. And Dominic told him that Mahan was so hairy that Bigfoot took a picture of him. 
No pops detected. Liam oh. grabbed the mic. He said, Ray Mysterio is a legend, um, but he's too concerned with this boy. Uh, and that made him weak, so he had to take both of them out. And he said, what's that I smell on you, Lola? Do I smell fear? And Lola says, no, it's probably my cheap cologne. That's just my cheap cologne, JR. Veer threatens to kill him, and out come the Mysterious to make the save, and they kick him a few times, and he falls out of the ring. Thoughts? Zero. I have zero thoughts on any of this. This is going to be forgotten by next week, isn't it? Well, potentially. Like, what was the point of this? Was the point, like, in kayfabe, is the point, we need to normalize this Veer guy. I don't know. All I know is that it looked a bit like they didn't know what they were doing no. in terms of the brawl. Who was meant to go outside and when? It was just super confusing. Just kick, 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 kick. All right, okay. I'll not get back in the ring now. Am I going to fly outside or what? It's a mess. It was a, yeah, a total mess. And that was before, even before the attack. It was just a bit so stilted and like Veer's clearly not that confident on the mic. That's a bad TV show. Yeah, fair. In summary. <laughs> Uh, Alexa Bliss is backstage. Uh, she's been asked about what happened with Sonya Deville, and she said, huh, it's a bit of a crap time for her recently. Maybe she should, go, she should go to therapy, since that helped her so much. Don't take the piss out of therapy. Yeah, it, no. It's a legitimately useful thing to yeah. quite a lot of people. But anyway, uh, she talks about facing her old partner, Nikki A.S.H., and what a microcosm this is. I'm looking forward to facing my old partner, Nikki A.S.H. This is where WWE thinks they can mock their own crap writing and get away with it. Because she was like, yeah, I'm... Uh, now, I'm looking forward to facing Nikki. You know, we used to be a team, and now I stand here talking talking to a doll, and she's dressed up like a superhero. Sounds weird when I say it. Ha, 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 ha. No, you've just ruined two characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't just say, huh. It's like, I almost allow it sometimes in movies where they go like, if it's like a cop, like a scary movie or something, and they go, hmm, this was crap in the last movie, wasn't it? I'll allow that because it was meant to be funny. But you wouldn't have like... You know, a sequel to like a classic. Like Avatar's not going to be like. Oh, There's was, was a bit of a plot hole in the last one. Yeah, yeah, thankfully, yeah, we yeah. fixed that. <laughs> and this was the point where Corey Graves went. Don't forget, by the way, that we hate Sasha Banks and Naomi. You're only meant to hang a lampshade on bad writing when it's like a. You know, you've messed up. You know that your audience hated what happened, and realistically, you're trying to just acknowledge, build trust back within the audience, and then move on. You're not meant to bury what's currently going on, <laughs> and they're not changing it. I was going to say, it's, it's, I'd almost allow, it if, it if there was like this big change, we reported on the news, that every single writer or every single producer or whatever it may be has been sacked and a whole new team has come in, and they go, look at all this crap. But it, it's like breaking up with your missus and then being like, trying to get back with her by going, well, at least I'm not as bad as the last guy. No, you're the same guy. Yeah, yeah. And you're still with her, so it's ridiculous. Anyway, in terms of the match... It was a pretty straightforward squash. Nikki A.S.H. got a tiny bit of offense in, got too cocky, as she always does. This is the story, because you're so fucking stupid, we have to do it five weeks before you understand it. Um, running blockbuster from, from uh, Alexa Bliss. They go up top. Nikki gets sent back down. Twisted Bliss, one, two, three. Because she was too busy playing to the audience. Yeah. This is uh, even funnier and even worse than it actually appeared on the surface. They have said... Right, and if they change this, it'll be so funny because you can't change the main, you can't change the main event. Right? They have said that they are going to run a tournament to decide the new yes. holders. That they said this on SmackDown. Yeah, correct? They're, va- they're they're vacant. Vacant. The women's tag titles are vacant. 
And yes, there will be a tournament to determine who wins them. We've established that on the main roster, there are how many tag teams? <laughs> Two at best. One and a half? Yeah, one, yeah, no, yeah, it's a good point. These aren't a team yet. Yeah, Natalia and Shayna Baszler, or um, maybe because they pretty much are going to team together. Do you have a Nikki ASH, right? So there are two teams, right? There are two tag teams on the main roster. No tag teams from NXT 2.0 were like built on this show as guys watch out. These guys are coming and they're going to be a big deal, right? In the pin, one of the the pin one of the one and a half tag teams. The pin one member of the one and a half tag teams ahead of the tournament to dis- to crown new tag team champions. It's astonishing, isn't it? Could have just beaten Sonny Deville again, but no, they just pinned Nikki Ash. Kevin uh, Patrick interviews Seth Rollins. Uh, he says the fans used to sing my song, and now all they do cheer is Cody, Cody, and they can't just be able to do Cody because they're seals. Um, he said it makes him physically ill to hear that name. Um, he said, I can't believe there's a Cody countdown clock. Uh, where's my countdown clock? And then he thinks, he gets this sinister look on his face and says, and what happens when the clock strikes zero? And I genuinely audibly said this morning, you interfere in the um, Cody versus Miz match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see what happened. Cody entered, gave his well- weight belt to a young fan. Uh, there was a video package and uh, a quick interview with Asuka where she said Becky Lynch is a big-time baby. But then we got Cody Rhodes versus The Miz. Cody Rhodes dominated, in control. Um, power slam, Cody cut a figure four. Miz gets to the ropes. Rhodes goes up top. And Seth Rollins runs out and interferes. Who could have seen that coming, eh? Literally everyone. Um, Cody is officially normalized in the WWE system. Gives me no pleasure to say that whatsoever. But when you are working absolutely terrible matches with The Miz, and it's probably The Miz's fault. Look, They it, got lost in this, didn't they? Yeah, The Miz got lost in this greatly. Because if you look at everything Cody's done in the ring, he's been absolutely great. And now he's doing TV rematches to build to the third pay-per-view match with Seth Rollins. The Nine minutes it went as well. Nine minutes. With no finish, it's absolutely everything that everyone said was going to happen eventually once the novelty wore off. We are deep into uh, Cody's getting boring territory now. And it's not a slight on Cody. It very rarely is a slight on any actual talent in this system. It's just what the system does to talent. This match was genuinely, like, staggeringly self-owned. How on earth is it this bad, bad? Um, And then you get people go, well, you know, you see, oh, Miss is pretty rubbish at this, isn't he? Like, you know, he's he's a good mascot. Good promo for the weird style that they like to do. Um, but he's not very good in the ring. People go, oh, yeah, we had that great match with Seth Rollins and uh, that one with uh, The Miz. You know, this guy's wrestled thousands of matches. <laughs> like, probably thousands at this point, And you can name two or three that were really good. That doesn't make him good. If anything, you're proving the rule that he is bad. There's a the, reason, other, another reason why they put him with Logan Paul, and that's because no one would be looking at The Miz yeah. when he's wrestling. They'll be like, can't wait till Logan Paul gets in, see what that guy does. My God, they do a bow and arrow spot here, where Miz treats a bow and arrow submission hold, like he's going backwards down a slide, like a toddler, where he's saying, don't do that, you'll hurt yourself, and the other kids will copy you, and the parents are going to say, it's my kid who's the problem. Um, they do a sunset flip, which is more of a sunset break your own neck. Yeah. Corey had to be like, he's trying to break out some new moves. Yeah. My God, this was absolutely staggeringly atrocious. 
yeah, bad, bad stuff here. And I think people were wondering, where did it all go wrong for the Miz? I would counter that with them. Did it ever go right? <laughs> but genuinely, this is a, a kind of a relatively new f- phenomenon in modern professional wrestling because it people age funny anyway. Like, have you seen those old, like, BuzzFeed articles where it's like, this guy was 22 in 1976, and he looks like he's, you know, 50. Yeah. Because Watch any old episode of Bullseye. Yeah, like, everyone looks like they are ancient and they're, like, 20. So people do age differently in terms of their facial expressions, but, like, The Miz doesn't look too dissimilar to what he did six, seven, eight years ago, but he's still bumping, mm. and he's still getting more and more thrashed. He's had a really serious injury last year, in fairness to him. Um, but wrestlers will... The new thing is that wrestlers are going to be thrashed before you even realize it because people age differently and they look much younger than they have in previous generations and the Miz is at that point now. But also, never that good. (laughs) Yes. That's low-key my favorite thing, by the way, in like uh, female teen films. Where it's like, uh, have you seen uh, Brad, the new kid at school? (laughs) And it's like, they're meant to be like 16, like 28. And I'm like, Sorry, how have you not realized this? Yeah. They just, everyone in the school has to be about 25. I like this film for my sins, um, even though it's like just cheese. But, you know, we all like a bit of just stupid escapism. I am a fan of the film Never Been Kissed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Never Been Kissed. I love a bloody rom All right, an article or something, isn't she? Yeah, so she's, yeah. A, she's, like, she's a journal or a magazine writer who's never actually been kissed. And the premise of the film is yes. that she infiltrates a high school... Which it's is not aged well. Yeah, it's not aged well at all now that I come to think of it. But she infiltrates a high school to try and get kissed. It's like go to college, love. Just yeah, yeah, at least. Yeah. And I know there's a bit of like... school. I mean... <laughs> I know there's like... It stems because that's when you should get your first kiss. That's yeah, yeah. why it I get it. But, you know, you actually, leave it, so. if, if you're like 35, you should get your first kiss. It like, I don't know, a pub or a restaurant or like on a nice romantic walk. <laughs> See, anyway... <laughs> But still, I finally got my first kiss. Where'd you get it? School. What? Yeah. So I was going to say, <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> the premise of the story is flawed because Hollywood exclusively hires like actors in their late twenties to play like high school students. So it's not as if Drew Barrymore is like <laughs> no, significantly more older looking than the high school students. But that's not the fatal premise. No. Fatal for the premise. The fatal for the premise is just a nonce. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I love it in like Jesus Christ. Twilight when they're like, yeah, i got to get back to class. And I was like, what class are you going to? I know some of you are like undead vampires or something and just don't age. But even till you look about 26, what are you doing? And then on 21 Jump Street, they're like, you guys look really old. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. yeah that, that makes sense. There we go. Love 21 Jump Street, man. I haven't seen it. I oh. have seen I have seen the original TV show on which it was on based. It. Watch 21 and 22 Jump Street. It's one of the... I, I love it. I think Jump down on Jump Street. Did they repurpose the old theme for the film or not? I think so. They there's, definitely, there's a lot of callbacks to it. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that I watched the first time and went... Huh? And then they went... Someone like made a thing of like, this is referencing all the old... Because I never watched Jump Street back in the day. I but, didn't either, but I had this... I've got this weird thing where I'm a 90s kid, but I should have been an 80s kid. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, watch it. It's brilliant. It's a brilliant couple of films, that. Um, anyway, what are we talking about? Oh, yeah, Raw. Uh, Rollins and the Miz beat up Cody Rhodes, uh, chuck him into the steel steps. He starts selling his knee, uh, and he's he's over the table, and then Rollins gets his snatches his weight belt from that kid that he gave it to earlier and s- slaps him over the back with it and storms out. And Cody oh, gets himself to his feet. 
He's a good guy and the fans chant for him and he gives his weight belt back to the kid. I quite like that little detail. Yeah. That was nice. That was nice. Yeah, I like this bit next because it was Ezekiel. Yeah. Ezekiel gets a pass right now. Mainly because of his position. From and Hamlet exclusively because his matches die a goddamn death in these arenas. Yeah, I do, maybe don't notice that so much because Gavin Owens is just yeah, yelling yeah. on commentary all the time. He was... I'll swear at one point, he was trying to distract Ezekiel by just sh- yelling Elias and see if he'd turn around. Um, in the match itself, though, yeah, it's back and forth stuff between Ezekiel and Chad Gable. You can't really have a bad match with Chad Gable. Uh, Otis trips Ezekiel um, as he hits the ropes at one point. That's allowed Gable to take control and attack his leg. But uh, Ezekiel gets his feet up on a moonsault attempt, hits him with a stinger splash. Um, Gable distracts the referee so Otis can take out Ezekiel. But the ref turns around and sort of figures out what's been going on, um, gets rid of Otis from ringside, and once again, just uh, credit all credit to Kevin Owens. He kicks uh, at Otis out. Gable's furious. Gable's arguing with, with the ref. Gable's arguing. Ezekiel's still just getting up from, from whatever's happened to him. And Kevin Owens tries to sneak into the ring to attack Ezekiel whilst the ref and, and Chad are distracted. And the ref turns around, and it's the most hand-in-the-cookie-jar yeah. caught moment. He's just like, he just freezes like... The referee's senses uh, are based on movement. If I don't move, and the referee's like, you're out of here as well. And of course, when Gable goes back to Ezekiel, he gets rolled up for the one, two, three, and Ezekiel bails out through the crowd before they can get their hands on him. So Owens challenges him to a match at Hell in a Cell because they haven't got many on there. Yeah, I feel a little bit sad that for whatever reason, the crowd just aren't really into this. Maybe it's because Ezekiel isn't much better than his brother <laughs> yeah, could at be. wrestling in like... He just doesn't really have, and then the bell rang, because I don't think he's bad at all. He's just very limited and basic, and the crowd's just on into this character or the wrestler or whatever. It's a bit sad because they genuinely seem to be having a lot of fun. And yeah. it's, it's infectious for me, but it's, it's just sad that the crowd aren't really into it because Otis... His selling of being thingied out when he was like shaking the ropes yeah. and like it was that was great as you perfectly put it there the cookie jar moment with Kevin Owens is just like if I just don't move maybe <laughs> this will just I feel like invisible it's really good stuff it's yeah. just not working sadly yeah. hopefully hopefully that will do something at the yeah I hope a penny drops like yeah. this is genuinely actually really good for once uh, Cody Rhodes gets caught up with as he's uh, leaving the trainer's room and he says I'm dinged up. But I can put weight on my leg, which is good news for me, but bad news for you, Seth Rollins. Uh, it's dawning on Rollins. He says that he's about to go 0-3 against him. And if Rollins wants to finish the job at Hell in a Cell, Rhodes is going to be waiting for him. Good little impassion promo. Then we got Bobby Lashley versus MVP. For my sins, I liked a bit of this, of MVP just... Like, because MVP can wrestle still. He probably could do loads of indie dates if he wanted to. But obviously, in WWE's eyes, he's a manager. He's just schlub. And, yeah, he hasn't got a chance against Bobby no, Lashley. He can't go anymore. Like, no, but, yeah. yeah, exactly. So he just he kept stalling. He kept, you know, winding Lashley up by going to do stuff and then rolling out of the ring. And then at one point, he rolls back in the ring and feigns an injury brilliantly. Like, oh, my knee's gone. And the referee checks and almost just decks Bobby Lashley on the outside, which was quite good, I thought. Um Gets him back in the ring, MVP, MVP picks him, hits him with a running boot, starts berating him, but Lashley fires up, hits him with a flatliner, sends him into the ring post, uh, and starts beating up around the ringside. Uh, sends him back into the ring. He's an idiot, Bobby Lashley. Sends him back into the ring. Almost goes to attack Lashley, but doesn't touch him. Lashley gets rid of Omos, sends him over the timekeeper's table, uh, timekeeper's area, basically. But in the midst of all this, the ref has counted out 
Bobby Lashley. So uh, we have a, a count out loss for Bobby Lashley. Um, and yeah, that means MVP gets to pick the stipulation for Hell in a Cell. Um, and then Bobby Lashley puts him in the hurt lock anyway. Oh, wrong one. <laughs> People getting counted out when they haven't been like badly hurt and they're desperately trying to get there is my least favorite thing. Like, how do you forget the rules? Like, absolutely, how do you forget the rules? Why would you chuck your opponent back in if you weren't going to immediately follow them in if you can hear the referee counting? Can you imagine, right, in football, um, that you get tackled? Which is kind of a similar analogy here. I don't know why I'm talking football analogies. People who do this are daft, right? But if you get tackled and you run the length of the pitch, right, you don't run and pick it up. Because <laughs> that's against the rules. Why would you ever do that? Oh, you know, I'm going to get counted out here. All right, there's three minutes left of this game. Right, okay. You need you need, you need a goal, otherwise you're getting relegated. Cool. Um, I'm just going to pass it along the back four. <laughs> Don't forget the rules, God damn it! I, I, I can't take any of these people seriously. They're morons. No, and then the fact that they teased a count out in the main event probably didn't help matters either. They're loving count outs at the minute. It's getting boring already. Frankly, I thought they did very well um, with Sami Zayn and Shinsuke Nakamura. Not quite well. Scorey doesn't do anything very well. And now they're just uh, they're in love with count outs at the minute. It's the new thing. Well, we're at the main event. Finally. Oh yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Let me finish this goddamn thing. Yeah. Asuka versus Becky Lynch. Um, They work really well together, Shock Horror. Um, Early on, they hit each other with uh, clothesline at the same time. Dueling chance, but Asuka comes back and just just reminds me why I love Asuka. German suplex, running hip attack, strikes, sliding knee, all good stuff. That gets her a two count. Uh, Lynch fights back, though. She tries to uh, pin Asuka with her feet on the ropes. Referee doesn't see her, but Asuka still kicks out. She hits a code breaker for a two count. Uh, gets a superplex off the ro- uh, off the turnbuckle for another two count. But uh, as she goes for a running hip attack, Lynch dodges it and puts a disarmor on her whilst they're all wrapped up in the ropes. Uh, Asuka has to fight back with strikes. And she knocks um, Becky Lynch out of the ring with a running hip attack. Bianca Belair is watching this from ringside, sat on a chair just as she did last week, I believe. Asuka hits a knee strike on Becky Lynch and she collapses into Bianca Belair's lap, who obviously doesn't want to get involved. Actually made a bit of logical sense because you thought like, oh, why don't you just shove her off? And then you're like, oh, well, if you're Bianca Belair, that would arguably be a DQ because you've laid your hands on someone and that would automatically make a triple threat and you'd, you know, less chance of retaining your title, blah, blah, blah. So she just sat, Becky Lynch, just, ugh, collapsed on uh, Bianca Belair's lap. And Asuka goes to kick her and kicks the head off Bianca Belair. Lynch ducks it, nails Bianca Belair in the head. Uh, Lynch attacks Asuka on the outside, dives in to try and get the count out win. Asuka just makes it back in. But as she rolls in, she gets caught in a, a pinning combination by Becky Lynch. One, two, three. Becky Lynch steals it, wins it, makes it a triple threat. Uh, Hell in a Cell. Big changes. Yeah. When WWE does something good, more often than not, they do something so bland and bad and repetitive for the preceding two and a half hours that I just have lost all ability to get involved. Watching it, I didn't think it was as good as last week's match. No. Watching it, I was like, right, well, I've seen this last week. I'm already in a mood because this show sucks and it's not quite as good. There were still moments where I'm like, that was nice, that was nice, but I still don't really give it to us. 
on to Hell in a Cell we go. Yeah, yeah, follow me at um, Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from. For daily wrestling podcasts, myself and Sid will be back later on to look ahead to NXT. To but oh! And don't forget, you can still leave us a five star review, review suggestion, just like John the Gin from Norway did. Thank you once again for that, John. Uh, by subscribing to What Culture Wrestling on iTunes and leaving us a five star review, suggesting something short, crap, and wrestling related for us to review instead of a segment on Bloody Monday Night Raw. This has been the Raw Review, though. My thanks to Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Listen to this Acast show ad-free on Amazon Music with your Prime membership. Or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.